right, welcome to another episode of Rugby League Therapy. Um, good to have my co-host Lou with us as we head into the prelim. Um, we are a podcast, um, young and fledgling, just a couple of rugby league lovers um, chatting about rugby league every week. So hopefully someone out there enjoys our content. Uh, we're sponsored by the great people at everythingrugbyleague.com. Um, everythingrugbyleague.com has been helping young journalists um, get a foothold in the industry for um, a number of years now and covers not just the NRL but rugby league all around the globe, even in those obscure countries that um, many most people don't know play rugby league, such as such as Norway and Serbia, etc. So a big thanks to the people over at um, everythingrugbyleague.com. So as we head into the prelim, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, who we think will win this week, um, what the teams look like. Um, we'll touch on whether it's fair for the Warriors to be finishing the game at 10 o'clock New Zealand time or as they made a grand final, 11 o'clock, given the change in daylight savings and whether or not it's a wasted opportunity um, for all those kids back in New Zealand that are on the on the wires bandwagon. Um, we'll also talk about um, the NRL's plan to hold a combine in Las Vegas week uh, for a lot of American athletes who might not have made it to college ball or, or NFL um, to be salary cap exempt um, if they were to be picked up by an NRL club. Uh, we'll talk about whether or not the game or it's, it's in the spirit of the game uh, to deliberately lay down until uh, you get a penalty um, and then we will end with a rugby league mastermind. So over to you, Lou. How was your week? And did you watch? Um, did you watch a couple of games? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it did. Um, obviously, let's start with well done to the war. I think it's fair to say we can give the Raiders a bit of credit for that. Really gave you guys all the insights required to, you know, beat down the Knights. Um, not, um, but yeah, fantastic win for the for the Warriors. Um, I think in terms of the better game, I think it has to go to the the Storm Roosters. I think my 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 thoughts on that is I can't believe that the Roosters, as stacked as they are, um, yeah, just just to me, a lot of people gave them credit for making it that far, but I don't know. I'm just a bit disappointed in them considering in yeah, the roster they had. But yeah, they're the two games probably obviously the the right teams went through. Yeah, how's it feel to be in the prelim? It's um, it's it's surreal. Being a Waz fan, we did scrape into the well, we made the we made top eight in twenty eighteen, and that was great. But we made it in a way where you were just never a hundred percent certain about the sustainability of the way that we play. And traditionally, the Warriors have made grand finals on the back of you know um, throwing the ball around. Um, you know, uh, upsetting a lot of the opposition teams' dynamics and and how they t how they like to play with their structures, all that kind of stuff. But but ultimately, long term, you can't really replicate that. Um, whereas this year feels so different. Webby's introduced a, like a genuinely like replicatable structure in defence and attack, and just the moment that does probably the the biggest. Maybe 2008 watching um, SJ throw that pass to Lewis Brown to get us into the grand final. But even that, I think this is, um, for me, I've been following the Warriors since around 2006 or something like that. Um, and I can say that last week's game was probably the the best moment 
as a Warriors fan that I that I could, I've ever had. And I've been talking to a few Wars fans as well, and just it was just a celebration um, at that stadium. The atmosphere shone through the TV. And you mentioned earlier that the better game was the Melbourne Roosters game. It was. Um, but the reality is that right next door, and I don't like mentioning AFL, but right next door, <laughs> there was a blockbuster AFL game uh, with over 90,000 people attending. So the Storm uh, Roosters game was always going to struggle to pack that stadium out. Respectable crowd of 19,000. But when you watch that Waz game, which sold out in six minutes after going on sale to the general public, it was just nuts. No, I've never seen an atmosphere like that in the NRL. Um, Maybe Newcastle the week before probably getting towards it um, because they're two teams that haven't made the finals in so long. Um, but it's, it was almost comparable to that England versus Tonga game at the state at Mount, Mount Smart Stadium in the 2017 World Cup. So it's just a great time to be a Wise fan. I'm probably long-winded answers. But nah, bro. I just want to – let me just jump in and say that um, I, I agree with you. The um, – a starved success fan. Once the team turns around, like, do you know? I'll, I'll I'll give a prediction here. As soon as the Tigers become good and 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 not even make a grandfather, let's say make a prelim, the Tigers fans will come out from everywhere and they will sell out um, Bankwest in like two minutes. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. It, to, to see like your team do so well after you know really prolonged periods of mediocre play, you, you just you are going to savor those moments. I'm glad that New Zealand have jumped on this, and um, especially as you say as well, Melbourne. On the flip side, they they're probably not getting the crowds that they would like because of the AFL, but because they've been so good for so long. Like what's you know. The people have firmly dropped the bandwagon tag and just are probably regular fans now because they, they've been so good for so long. So um, difficult one for the Storm to replicate that sort of magic. But, you know, I think as well there's a lot of teams out there, like the Dragons. Wait, if they ever get it together, they, they will probably so – it, it is great success stories. I'm glad there's teams in there that aren't always in there and why being the main one. Yeah, I think someone said it earlier. I can't remember what it was on, but the, the the prelims this weekend are very clearly divided into the fairy tale game and just the sort of always their teams. So you got Penrith taking on Melbourne. Now, if one of those two wins the premiership, well, it's just a standard year. It's just got that that feel about it. But neither the Broncos or the Warriors made the top eight last year. Yeah, one of them will play in the grand final after missing the top eight. Um, now, a little less sort of magic dust if Brisbane are that team, which is probably the likely outcome here, but still a bit of a bit of a fairy tale story given where they were even a couple of years ago. Now, if the Warriors make the grand final, that's that's something to captivate the whole nation. But the big difference between the what to get ahead of myself here, last time the Warriors made the grand final was 2011, and to the chagrin of rugby union in New Zealand. That was also their glory or crowning moment because they were hosting the Union World Cup. Uh, so one day before, I think it was, um, was the All Blacks winning the World Cup final on home soil. But they kept all those big screen live sites up 
because people also got on the Warriors bandwagon when the Warriors made the grand final the next day. So they had to share some of the limelight. So the big difference this time around is, and this is actually an article in the New York Times of all places, <laughs> is that the Warriors have captured the imagination of all of New Zealand, not just Auckland, at a time when the All Blacks are really faltering at the moment. They lost to France. Sure, that they look like giant, you know, magnificent against Namibia, but, you know, anyone can, but it's Namibia with all due respect. So at a time when people are, when super rugby is is really predictable and boring and even the most ardent union fans are saying it's just boring unless it's the Crusaders versus the Chiefs or something, um, and the All Blacks are faltering, all of a sudden the Warriors are selling out. I can't remember the last time the Warriors didn't sell out the game. It is a, a massive opportunity for rugby league in New Zealand, um, which gets us to our first article here which in a perfect segue. Um, Cameron George, the Warriors CEO, said nearly every kid in New Zealand will be asleep. Uh, NRL tries and fails to shift Warriors versus Broncos preliminary final. The NRL has held an in-depth discussion with broadcasters and, broadcasters and key stakeholders in an attempt to shift the Warriors versus Broncos preliminary final to a New Zealand-friendly time. Sorry, New Zealand, but we tried. Warriors CEO Cameron George said that nearly every kid in New Zealand will be asleep uh, when his team is fighting for a grand final berth after the NRL's 11th hour bid to change kickoff time for Saturday's preliminary final fell short. Um, so that's the gist of, of what's happened there. My obvious response here is how, how little do you think about the Warriors being in the competition that's not even in your contract that if the Warriors make a grand final or something like that, they won't be finishing it after midnight New Zealand time. What are your thoughts on this? Is this a wasted opportunity? Is just just business and nine doing the right thing? Whose side are you on with this? Oh, it's, a, it's such a difficult one. Now, forgive me because for our loyal listeners, if you are out there, I am based in the UK, so I'm just trying to work out the time differences. Now, it's 5.18 recording time in Sydney, so... In two hours time, so seven thirty kickoff, right? Or seven or seven fifty kickoff in Sydney, which would be ten fifty in Auckland. Is that correct? So nine fifty, nine fifty in Auckland. But if the Wars made the grand final, because there's a daylight savings change, it does go. They go three hours ahead instead of two hours. Okay, so. 9.50 head on Saturday, and then the following week when the one make it, it will be a 10.50 kickoff. That is, yeah, that's so tough. Um, now, I can only compare it to other sports that the NRL is held in the same esteem. We've been talking the NFLs of the world and Formula 1s of the world. Now, if Formula 1 has a crash in, the, I say, the last five laps of the world title decided, like Abu Dhabi, the thing keeps going. Um, in the NFL, they have um, time difference problems as well. So what they do is they move the Super Bowl around. So it can be on the East Coast one week, uh, one year, West Coast another year. So that's a, I think my I'm not taking a side. I'm just saying that there's probably no mitigating uh, plan for the NRL. Almost like they don't expect the Warriors to be in the final because I just Which don't understand. Fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it happens once a decade, and when they do come around to it, um, I think I think because before it was the twilight starts. So, is it twilight? Oh no, the sun sunset starts. I guess it's hard for me to argue against why the NRL wouldn't move it, but then yeah, it screws over the whole Wa fan base, and they're turning down a market which is 
embracing rugby league, which is unfortunately typically rugby league. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll defer to you on this one. I'm guessing what what would you do if you, I guess, move the time slot to what time? Well, I think that most people listening want a daytime grand final anyway, and that would solve it. Um, three o'clock, ideally, um, but people would probably settle for a five thirty kickoff, which is seven thirty or even eight thirty. Yeah, well, it's still getting pretty late in New Zealand if they were to make another grand final and they moved it back. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I can't help but think it's it's also on an on field disadvantage. I mean, imagine playing a game when it's past midnight at, 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 and you're still on the field playing a grand final. And it's midnight back in your country. Do, do, do you have grounds for saying there's there's an inherent competitive advantage to the Australian team there, apart from the home ground itself? But the actual <clears throat> is it is it reasonable to even ask the Warriors to still be playing for a grand final and on the field past midnight in New Zealand? When does it get too late? Like they'd have to come pretty early in terms of you know days before the grand final. They have to do that anyway for the breakfast stuff. But it's um <clears throat> it unpacks a can of worms here. Um, Let me just jump in and, and say this, though. If the Warriors do happen to do uh, back-to-back wins, um, a lot of them will be disregarding time bedtimes um, for a long, like the whole country. You I'll know what I mean? So I'll be disregarding bedtimes for about a week, I reckon. <laughs> so what I mean, um, it's, um, it, it's, it's a tough, like, don't get us wrong. I think it is, it is a disadvantage to a degree because I think, not many, not many teams play the Sunday night game as well. If I'm being honest, um, for some reason the Raiders kept getting that Sunday afternoon game, which made no sense because they were not must-watch TV. But then you also have um, probably a lot of teams like, I dare I say, the Broncos and so forth. They're probably doing recovery on Saturday, Sunday because they play so many Thursday and Friday night games. So there's a weird, there's a weird um, element of who it actually advantages. I'm, I'm definitely not saying. And I definitely think the Warriors are one of those teams at disadvantages, but the Bronx as well might be in that bag. The Storm, who, who would you say the Panth? Did the Panthers main play Fridays? Well, we know that Brisbane played pretty much every Friday in this time slot exactly. at home. They've left Queensland four times this year. Everything that I can possibly think of is stacked the cards in the Broncos Premiership direction. It's incredible. Even Magic Weekend, yeah, you, you know. Um, <laughs> They're away games. The Sydney yeah. team's moving their game to Queensland. This is a club that, despite being one of only four clubs in the state in a 17-team competition, have left the state four times this year. How does that even happen? It's it's incredible. But I, look, summing up this this article, unless you've got something final to add, there's nothing that can be done this year. There's probably nothing that can be done until the end of 2026 um, with a new TV deal during 2027 onwards. But... I think what needs to happen is there needs to be either a caveat written into the next TV deal that if the Warriors make it, then, you know, you need to move the game. Um, Or uh, they need to find out what difference is the bid from Channel 9 or Channel 7 or whoever the free-to-air rights holder will be from 2027 onwards from if they held the grand final near 8 o'clock versus if they held the grand final at 3 o'clock and then try to leverage that and use Sky Sport New Zealand who pay a lot of money for the NRL um, and see if they can make up the gap because they will gain a lot of viewers if it's played at, you know, 6 o'clock New Zealand time. Um, so I think that they need to be a little bit more innovative around that. 
Um, any further thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think that's probably it. There's got to be a bit more innovation um, because we've been we, we've been talking at length about expansion in other episodes, and God forbid, like a Perth team ever gets off the ground and wins um, and gets into a grand final, what type of concessions need to be made over there too? So, yeah, it's it's very short short vision uh sorry short-sighted vision at the moment but we are where we are and i think the warriors hopefully uses it as another backs against the wall type um approach yep desi has the style all right moving on to the next article that um piqued my interest during the week um i'll just quickly read through this one nrl to offer salary cap relief to clubs who sign american athletes uh the nrl the nrl has announced plans to reward clubs who sign american athletes while the NRL's push for an 18 team will receive huge financial support from the federal government. So they've kind of merged two topics there in one article. Uh, this is a News Limited article. The Australian government will provide $200 million cash injection to fund NRL expansion as Peter Volandis pledges to offer salary cap exemptions for clubs who sign American athletes. Volandis detailed the ARLC's multifaceted plan to grow the sport over the next decade, including a landmark move for NRL clubs to be given salary cap relief by luring american players to rugby league and the success of the dolphins has convinced the commission to explore fresh expansion with the backing of the federal government who is ready to bankroll an 18th team until season 2035 and beyond another nrl franchise would require an extra 30 full-time players and volandis believes that the sports obsessed united states home to 332 million people is an untapped gold mine for talent the nrl will stage a historic double header in las vegas next march to launch the 2024 Premiership and Vlandis wants to use Australia Week in Sin City as rugby as a rugby league audition for US locals. More than 50 male and female athletes will be invited to take part in an NRL combine for testing and skills drills with a view of potentially securing a rugby league contract. It will be the first time in rugby league history that NRL will stage an NFL-style combine for Americans. In 2016, Valentine Holmes and Jason Tamalalo shocked the code by secretly flying to Los Angeles for combine-style testing with American scouts. Speaking for the first time about the concept, Volandi said that the Vegas doubleheader could be a gateway to fresh offshore talent, offering salary cap dispensation for NRL clubs who invest in US talent. It's a wonderful idea, Volandi said, about the combine. You only need half a dozen Americans to succeed, and you'll have a whole new following in the US because millions of sports fans in the States would follow their journey. There's thousands of athletes that miss out on making the NFL, and with the skill level of those players, they could easily adapt to rugby league very quickly. They are brilliant athletes over there. To encourage the clubs, we need to allow salary cap relief. So if you bring an American player out, it won't be counted in the salary cap. Whew. This, this is an interesting one. What are your thoughts on this? I'm very keen to hear. Uh, yeah, I... I... Mind blown, really, that it won't count towards the cap. Now, if you are a cap shop club and there's a few of them out there, why aren't you throwing huge cash at some college kids who don't get paid that much, if at all? Um, tell them, look, come out here for a few years. Well, what's what's the what's the loss? Um, there's no downside to this, in my opinion, no downside whatsoever, which is brilliant from the NRL. We do, we just talked for the last 20 minutes about how they can't move a, 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 a game two hours forward, but they can 
um, go to another country, try and recruit, you know, ex uh, semi pro athletes, I guess is the way to put them. And uh, yeah, I, I'm all for it. I, I'm a huge fan of the NFL and they've got so much raw talent in terms of athleticism. Like, you know, we just have to watch the Olympics to see you know, the Americans just churn out athlete after athlete. And, you know, I think looking at just general what you look for in NRL these days, an athlete is so much more necessary than it was 20 years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's a brilliant concept. If they can at least unearth you know, two or three people, get a Netflix deal out of this in terms of following that that progression, not some sort of, you know, what was that show Great that idea. had a – you know, what was Netflix. that one with the NRL? They tried to get um, NRL rookie and then they made them do like really random drills like do zip lining and all the, <laughs> just really ridiculous yeah, things. A, but oh, I love that idea. It follow the journey of a, a group of Americans trying to make it on the other side of the world after, um, you know, their dream of becoming an NFL player hasn't worked out. Oh, yeah. that is that writes itself. Yeah, and then and then on the back of that, the why isn't the NRL doing a Netflix? Everyone, every other sport in the world, like Tour de France, Formula One, you know, um, there's a lot to gain. I don't know why the NRL hasn't tried to, unless it's unless they're held hostage by their own broadcasting. But I think, if I'm being honest, the transition from raw talent to you know first grade might be a bit difficult in the early stages. Like, you know, you don't want to be introducing some of these guys that aren't ready just because of a marketing ploy. But I mean, just looking at pure, pure raw talent, like it has footwork to be and doesn't it? Do you think like you can't go. have any fine members learning the game at 20 year, years old? Yeah. 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 I, I get that. Though. Oh yeah. That's the thing. Like an impact player or, you know, someone that doesn't have to pass that often. Like, and if I'm being totally honest, like they are just pure athletes. I think the problem is in the in the NFL, for example, is that they often, once they get to a certain level, they only play one way. So they only play offense, defense. So, but when they all came from high school, a lot of them would play both ways. So tackling wouldn't be an issue. The physicality wouldn't be an issue. I think it's more just learning where to stand and um, they would need a lot of one-to-one -one coaching. But, you know, the... I've always wondered why they haven't tapped this resource um, because there are you know the resource many that I always wondered why they haven't tapped is South Africa. Complete Roosters tried it under Peter O'Sullivan. They got um, JP. They're very rugby union heavy, man. I, I yeah, I know, but like not every, there's five Super Rugby teams. You seen the size of their Springboks forward? They're over 140 kilos. There's multiple of them. I think the yeah, that's an untapped market. But anyway. Sorry to interrupt. American no, also that no. market. I I'll just say yeah. I think to because it, because I think the difference being South Africa they do have an established rugby union competition and um, all the rest of that they're not they're not really. I'll tell you this though, just to end this off. Um, Andrew Johns was talking about they went to do some sort of tournament like some overage competition. Him and Brad Fitler they went out there and they met like Bucky's Boita and a few other big name. I think Victor Matfield, big name rugby union players from South Africa. And those guys knew who Brad Fittler and Andrew Johns were. They were really like bigging them up and stuff. So South Africa is aware of the sport more than, say, the US, but 
the good part about going to the US for a combine is they're not competing against, say, rugby union over there. Like the US rugby union is not um, taking any – it's not really taking a chunk out of the market. So, yeah, I, I, I'm yeah, I'm all for it. It's a, it, And it's – if you look at the – I think a lot of people still love the fact that rugby league has the physicality, the big hits and all that sort of stuff, which draw eyes. So, yeah, it's – it's a two thumbs up for me. Yeah, nice one. Um, a few thoughts from me. I spoke to the boys at the Rugby League in America podcast um, and their biggest thing that they said needs to be done right now if NRL is going to be able to capitalise and, and go about things the way they want to, they need to get rid of the paywall around um, even highlights on YouTube of current NRL games or anything that... Let's say, you know, you go to this game because you happen to be in Las Vegas and you're like, I love this sport. And then you go to YouTube it and, you, and there's very limited footage of State of Origin or the NRL games. You want to you want to start following the team that you saw in Las Vegas. They need to make it free in the US market. That is the biggest way you're going to get there. I know it's on some kind of skewer Fox Soccer 6 or something like that, but people aren't going to watch that because – you know, that, that's already cable television, et cetera, et cetera. You need to make as much of it accessible as you possibly can to people that aren't fully invested in the game yet. You know, just a little side interest that might look that up on YouTube, learn a bit more about it. But currently when that happens, they can't learn a bit more about it because they've commercialized that watch NRL app in America. So America needs, they need to bring down the paywall in America and they need to make NRL and the rep competitions a hell of a lot more accessible um, than what they currently are. Um, the second thing, the second thought I had on this is, and I agree, but there's really no downside, but they need to define some parameters around it. Ultimately, we're in a multi-billion dollar sport. If there's a competitive advantage to be gained, it's going to be gained. So this is the incentivization, but how American do they have to be? You know, unless you define someone that needs to have lived in America for, say, 18 years of their life, maybe that's maybe that's a good one. You know, you need to put some strict parameters around this, otherwise it's going to be exploited. Um, you're going to have people like Matt Peterson, you know, who used to play for the Eels, who was technically born in America. Clint Newton was born in America, but really we all know he's not American. Um, American Samoa, you know, is, is technically a territory of America. So Joseph Paolo... Uh, not not the big one, the uh, junior Paolo. Is that his name? Remember he used to play for uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph yeah, Joseph Paulo. I think he's um Penrith and um yeah, Eels player. Yeah, I know, yeah, he played for America. Yeah, because of the American Samoa connection. So you need to you need to be very tight around it has to be genuine with all due respect to those guys, genuine sort of like American American accent, American born, American raised, that kind of um that kind of recruit. And in a roundabout way, I think that what we're seeing this it, with this paradigm, it, it largely mirrors what's happening with International Rugby League in the Southern Hemisphere in the fact that the USARL and California Rugby League don't have, be, like, have barely any resources. They, they've been around for 20 years or so if you go back to the AMNRL and the reality is it hasn't really gotten off the ground and it's not going to because there's just no money there. You can't even live stream and live streaming is nearly free. Um, you set up a camera, but it's still not happening. So you need an organization to come in with money. 
And the same thing is happening with International Rugby League. IRL has no money. So if you actually want to stage games that are properly insured, that have NRL quality talent, etc., um, then unfortunately for International Rugby League, it's going to have to be, they have to cede the power to the NRL, at least in the Southern Hemisphere. And that's that's a bit of a, that's, that's what had to happen. It's like ideally the IRL would be able to, you know, be like FIFA and tell the, you know, you must release your players, etc. It's just not going to happen in reality. The NRL is the brand that's going to have to underwrite internationals, at least in the Southern Hemisphere. And the reason I, the comparison I'm making here is that the USARL, AMNRL, um, California Rugby League, they're just they're just a hundred years away from getting any money. Basically, it's um, I have a huge amount of respect for what they do because you and I sit here, we talk about, we critique, you know, rugby league, etc. These guys are spending their Saturday mornings going out there trying to set up marquee stands, trying to find places to train on, etc. They're the real heroes that are, you know, they're just like dedicating their time to playing the sport that they love. Um, but in reality, it's never going to be more than a hobby of 300 people or something like that, unless someone or an organisation with money comes in and actually starts to to invest. Um, now, the NRL, as we know, there is not there because we just want to grow our, our our brand into America. They're there because the gambling money opened up. We discussed this in a, in a previous episode. Um, sport get, betting on sport was legalised a few years ago, and if anyone knows proceeds from gambling it's it's peter volandi so um it's anticipated that the nrl could make a, up to 200 million dollars over the course of five years and in that these games are beamed around 11 a.m into american households if they choose to watch nrl um and that's or bet more importantly bet on nrl um so there's no games in america or very few games in america that are on that early in the morning for people to bet on and nrl is looking to fill that void so it's not an altruism exercise, but still a hell of a lot to unpack there. Um, do you want to get on to this uh, segment, Rugby League Mastermind, before we close out the episode, previewing the two games for the prelim? Yeah, let me just I, – I do remember we had a conversation years ago when I think when we first met, you because I was going to go out to Hawaii, and you mentioned that you would bring out some footy balls out to Hawaii. Or something. I just was curious to think – because obviously Hawaii is, you know, Land, uh, an island off the great United States of America. Um, but there would be rugby league talent there, surely. But they just probably can't yeah, tri- um, trial. There is. And that's what they were looking to um, really sort of establish their identity around. They were looking south rather than looking um, east. They were looking south towards the Polynesian islands because they, the people that I met with um, were largely, you know, Polynesian men. Um, that thought that, you know, if, if Samoa, Tonga, et cetera, Hawaii should be considered, you know, we're a Polynesian island as well. We have the same talent of athletes um, with, you know, the perfect physique to play rugby league, et cetera. Unfortunately, it never really took off, it never really got off the ground. Um, I haven't actually heard from them for a long time. I'm not aware of what's currently happening on the ground in Hawaii, but the fact that I haven't heard anything out of Hawaii in about 10 years says that it's probably at best four teams, if not collapsed altogether, unfortunately. So that's something that, yeah, yeah, the NRL should look into that. Um, All right, it's time for our favourite segment. All right, you ready? 
This yeah. is, uh, for those uninitiated to this, uh, Lou and I are taking in turns playing Rugby League Mastermind. Um, start off on the first clue, um, only one shot at the answer. If you get it wrong, you're out. Um, if you get it right, it depends how many clues you took to get it and will slowly get easier and easier for a total of 10 clues. If you get it on the 10th clue, you only get one point. If you get it on the first clue, you get the full 10 points, etc. All right. I started my life out hosting Trotting Paceway Nights. So I started my life out hosting Trotting Paceway Nights. No idea. While occasionally being used for other sports, I will always be remembered as a rugby league stadium. Next. I went by many names over the years, including Melanda Stadium in 1998. Next. My record attendance was 30,302 people. No. I hosted two games in the 2008 Rugby League World Cup, which were England versus Papua New Guinea and Australia versus Papua New Guinea. No. My seating consisted of maroon, yellow and light blue seats. I'm just going to go as I haven't got a clue. In addition to being the home of an NRL team, I hosted an A-League soccer team from 2009 to 2011. Oh, um, is it the, it's a Titan Stadium. Is that your final answer? Ooh, it's either the Titans. Actually, yeah. Well, what am I on now? Like, what, what, uh, you've still got three points up for grabs. All right. Let's just give me another hint, please. I became largely redundant when my NRL team started playing in a brand new stadium in 2020. Oh. Dairy Farmers. Dairy Farmers Stadium. Two points. All right. We'll oh. track these scores. <laughs> that was. Oh, that was way harder than I. That was a tough one, actually. The yeah. final two clues for anyone listening were: I hosted more than one hundred games in Jonathan Thurston's career. I am the home ground of the North Queensland Cowboys. I was the home ground of the North Queensland Cowboys. All right, yeah, so a dog trip on. Okay. Yeah, trots. Um, so I think that there's a lot of community funding in terms of converting it to a rectangular stadium fit for the Cowboys to start in time for the 95 season, their debut season. All right, on to the big games. Oh, I tell you, brother, I am nervous. I'm not used to playing in prelims. I'm just, just, just watching. I'm used to, you know, my NRL season's done by now as a, as a Warriors fan. But um, i got a lot of people texting me. i got the feeling not a lot of people know other Warriors fans that have been following it that closely for this many years so a lot of people coming out of the woodworks but um we'll start with the friday game which to me is um so a couple of high quality teams so i don't want to sort of say anything bad about them because i've got a huge amount of respect but geez it doesn't garner the 
even you got to agree it doesn't counter the storylines of the the saturday game but we'll start with this one penrith hosting the melbourne storm no one has given the storm a chance do you give them a chance oh it's 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 tough i'm just looking at the the odds so the war have got a better shot to beat the broncos and the storm do the panthers such as how strong the panthers are and yeah i'm gonna agree i just don't see i think the storm played their grand final last week to to get up over the roosters they just probably didn't have um they're just missing something the storm that they've had in the past few years and even they they don't start harry grant um yeah actually i'm not going to bag the storm because they've been they were strong tyrant richard was outstanding last week and but yeah when you just look at this panthers side I can't see them losing. That's 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 it. And if they do lose, wow. Yeah, two weeks off as well. Two weeks to prepare for for this game. Um, can I admit something that a little little embarrassing that I just realised? I just learned that Sunya Taruva is Sunya. I've been calling him Junior Taruva for the whole year. So that must be his. Um, that must be his. Like, um, you know, they. Uh, I guess. People of non-Western origins sometimes have a conversion. Of yeah, sorts. I guess so. yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm with you, bro. Like, I, I just, I think the, I think it's the forward pack. Like, you always look at Melbourne, you're like, gee, that spine is is pretty impressive. Nick Meaney's basically Chance Nickel Cookstad in terms of you know his, the way he plays, the effort he puts in, uh, Mister Reliable. Um, probably not the X factor that Pappenhausen, but still, you know, a very good replacement for Pappenhausen. But Munster and Hughes, one of the best halves combinations, if not the best in the competition, it'd be right up there with Penrith. Um, and I think where, yeah, where they where this will be won is the forward pack. Um, big news is that Jerome Luai is um, supposedly in. Now, like I, I suspect that's still 50-50. to recover that quickly. Um, I. From that injury, I don't know the details of the injuries, but you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he pulls out and Jack Cogger comes in. But um, any further thoughts on this game? Yeah, I just I, I agree with you on the Luai thing. It seems awfully quick to be rushing him back. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking at this Storm team and I'm thinking, okay, Nick Meany's had a great year. He's been very strong since he's moved out there. Wall brick, water try, um, and he's. Probably put himself in NZ contention, really, um, with a really strong rookie year. I think it's his first in rugby league, too. Um, but my point around this is, okay, Munster and Hughes are pro- – I'll take – yeah, but without doubt, I'll take them, too, over anyone else in the comp, including Luai and Cleary as a combination. But then you look at the Storm teams that were the premier team. Like, they had Inglis, Falau, Smith, Cronk, Slater. Like – this team is, and then they had Brian Hoffman, um, Crocker, uh, the Bromwich brothers, Proctor, you know, all in their prime. And this team just doesn't compare, and that's probably all you need to look at. Their the, the quality isn't up to the Storm sides that have won premierships in the past. Now, can they win? Even then, I, I can't I can't see any way they can win. That's all. Um, out of ha- Okay, out of how many, if they played 100 times, how many times did the Storm win? I th- see. I give them a thirty percent chance of winning. 
So I guess my answer is 30. Oh, it's pretty big. Yeah, I, Fair I, enough. I, I let me ask you a harder question. This is actually a hard question for me to answer. Who do you want to win this game? Oh, that's that's I yeah, to be honest, probably Panthers. Are hard to get behind. I know, and I think the Panthers are one of those teams where everyone loved their um, their ascension to the top in that they were so they were a young team. Now they just everyone loves to hate them. Tall poppy syndrome, but Storm have that tall poppy syndrome as well because everyone just doesn't want to see them do well anymore. But yeah, I'd say the Panthers just because I want to see a great final the following week, and I don't see the Storm putting up a fight against. Yeah. It's, it doesn't doesn't bode well for a good grand final if the storm go through. Yeah, I think that I agree on the same um, reasons as well. Um, now, if, if we sort of assume that the two favourite teams win this weekend, then I'd love to see a, a Penrith-Brisbane grand final more than a, a Penrith-Melbourne grand final. Um, yeah, so... For the sake of a grand final contest, because I spent $300 for a pretty shitty seat, uh, I want Penrith to win this one. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next uh, the game of the round, I think, of the two yeah. of the two games. I think the one that will capture the, um, what do they call them, like the um, the casual fan. Um, we've got the, uh, the Broncos, um, of course, as we say every week, at home. Um, to the Warriors, uh, up the Waz, but... Uh, a unbiased uh, perception or bystander. Um, I know probably know who you've got to win this, but just give me your overall thoughts on this one. Are you, are you going to watch it? Are you excited about it? What What are you? What's your feeling? Of, of course, of course, I'll be watching. Um, and I think, what, what are we what do we call this? Are we calling this the Reese Walsh Cup or the Denon Kemp Cup? I've the read Denon Kemp Cup. I think let's go with someone a bit better than both those guys. At least Reese Walsh will be. Um, Brent Tate. You know, maybe good by the end of the year. Yeah, I was thinking more Kevin Campion, the Campion Kevin, Cup. The, okay, the, the Campion Championship. So yeah, we've got Campion, the Campion, Campion, Campion. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Campion. Um, yeah, I like. I'm so pleased that the WAR hit, probably played their best game at the right time of the year. That is, let's start with the positives. You know, they, they limped home more ways than one, you know, Let's get back to that Raiders game. Unbelievable what the hell was going on there. And um, to be fair, on the Warriors, they save, they've saved their best football for semifinals, which is exactly where you want to be playing. For the Penrith um, Oh, yeah. But, like, um, we short-term mem- short memories in, in, in final footy. <laughs> you know um, what it is? We've spoken about this before. It's the disadvantage that the Warriors have as a club of never having origin players. So they haven't played finals football forever, and then they come into a finals game. They get thrashed by Penrith minus SJ, and they're like, "Oh, okay, now we know what it's like to play in a big game," and they learn from it. So hopefully, they learn enough to carry on to this weekend. Yeah, it's it's going to be really hard though. This is not an, a team that the Broncos they they're just electric at the moment and are confident. The confident. Like I was calling them the study of flat track bully team. I mean, they've got their tails up. You know, they're they're running downhill basically right now, and they're just running through people. So, uh, my analysis on this is very simple. Um, 
just frustrate the Broncos into mistakes and, and keep it a contest because what you don't want is them to catch that. You know, I've seen, I've watched a number of their games this year and it's just, they've just got this small window. They did it to Newcastle where they just put on a few quick tries and that's the ball game. So it's just a matter of somehow, you know, hanging on for dear life for a bit, then coming over the top of them. But big ask for the Warriors, whether they can do it. But like, I didn't expect them to do that um, to the Knights the other week. So, yeah, good luck to them. Yeah, my my thoughts, uh, I'm going to say something as obvious as pretty much every statement that comes out of Blocker Roach's mouth. Um, Reese Walsh needs to be closed down, so we need to put all the, all the pressure <laughs> on Reese Walsh. And uh, He's a rugby and, league uh, footballer. Yeah, he's <laughs> been out on their feet. <laughs> Uh, Reese Walsh and Adam Reynolds is is just where all of our homework needs to go into. Um, I guess something that gives me a little bit of hope, and then in saying that, I'm pretty realistic that Brisbane are very heavy favourites in this game. Uh, something that gives me a little bit of hope, though, is the fact that we know Reese Walsh's game. Uh, we know his weaknesses. Primarily, we know his weaknesses in defence because he's so enigmatic in attack that no matter what you do, you can hope to minimise him, but you're never going to shut him down. Um, but weaknesses in in defence are something that can be more readily exploited. So I'm curious to see if if the Warriors have some bit of inside information on how to take advantage of the year and a bit that he was with us. I think the weakness for us in terms of defence, I expect tries to be scored around that Rocco Berry, Dallin Watenis, Lesniak side. Um, but if we went out last week in straight sets from the finals. I think that every Warriors fan, including myself, would be really disappointed. And then people come back out of the woodwork, say typical Warriors, gone out in straight sets, all that kind of stuff, right? But the fact that we made a prelim, I think most Warriors fans, including myself, are now like, it was a really good year. We had a good year. If we went out on the prelim, we'd be like, it sucks, but you know what? We won our first finals game in 12 years or 13 years, whatever it is, 12 years. Um, and we're pretty happy with that. And the future's bright. We've got a coach who knows how to coach a New Zealand Warriors team, similar to Daniel Anderson and Ivan Cleary, just stripping it back right to the simple stuff. Um, we've got Roger coming back next year. We've got um, Chanel Harris-DeVita coming back to add some depth as well. So it's a pretty, pretty bright future, I'm hoping. So I think that... Whatever happens this week, and the, the quote that I keep hearing is that we're playing with house money because we're, we're already in a prelim, which is beyond our wildest dreams at the start of the year. So it's Brisbane that have a lot to lose more than the Wars. Any further thoughts on this one? I completely agree with you. I think Adam Reynolds, you know, he's probably coming towards the back end. Well, he definitely is at the back end of his career. How they replace him. So the, the, the Broncos, whilst they're extremely young, and you know, could go on a Penrith run if I'm being honest. They could also, yeah, this this is one of those games for them where they could circle it and say, um, why didn't we beat NZ? Um, just yeah, just I guess my final thoughts on the the war in terms of it, it'd be such a shame if if they they didn't show up and at least make it a contest, um, which is potentially what could happen, um, if I'm being honest. But yeah, it's just I just hope. My game plan for them, very simplistic, almost sticky style, because the Broncos had, did have problems with the Raiders, believe it or not. They lost them in game one and required a Rapana brain snap in game two to, to get over the line, really, um, even though they're probably a better team. I just think 
the Warriors with the likes of CNK, DWZ, you know, RTS come back next year. There, there is so much to look forward to, but I just hope, like with any team, you know, you could you could be great one year and horrible the next. A what as a Wasp fan, I'm sure you've seen that happen before. Oh, so, for sure. It even happens to the Cowboys this year. Happens to the Cows, happens to the Raiders, happens to any team that has a great year, unless you're the, you know, the Brewsters or Storm, so or Panthers now. So I just hope that the Warriors, you know, I know everyone's so happy that they've made the 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 last latter stages of the competition. But but boys, it's it's literally this could be the the highlight of your career, if you know what I mean. You could be you don't know what could happen next year. So just leave it out there. Don't don't get overruled by the occasion. And hopefully they play more like they did last week than the week before that. Yeah, well put, well put. And the perfect place to end this episode on. So to anyone listening out there, um, as an avid Waz fan who's cried multiple times over the years due to the pain, lost his hair largely due to the <laughs> Um, with the exception of this year, you are the reason I drink. Um, anyway, we'll see you all on the other side. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Rugby League Therapy. Mm-hmm.